I am unashamed. What about you? I just, no wonder I couldn't find John in the last two chapters last night. <laughs> Book of John's roaming around in Book your Bible. <laughs> I mean, it's really pathetic. I, I wish we could find you a new one, but I, I think that ship has sailed. We've had so many people out there in the unashamed nation trying to find y'all a Bible, but you're so persnickety about the exact, I mean, it's got, you talk about down to one printing of what y'all have there. It's, it's I got, I got issues, buddy, but it's good. (laughs) Know the author. The author doesn't wear out. Well, that that is true. You can't, you can't, that's why you got to just memorize it like dad does. So dad, you have, uh, you were saying before we came on, I started recording, you have quite the uh, cadre that works on your your property down there. So t- tell the audience the little the little group you had down there and what they did. Well, it's a it's an area where there are it's a plethora of let me get you fixed a here. plethora of various animals, uh, lots of deer, you know, plenty of squirrels, ducks. Are they working for Tur- you too? Turkeys, turkeys. <laughs> yeah, well, all these, all these are, are are brothers. Stone is the basically they've made Willie made him the project manager, or whatever. Yeah. And uh, what project is this? The project would be what what you feed for deer to graze on. Oh, okay. Right. Your deer stands, okay. get those located. I wasn't sure where you were going. You were kind of giving a Lion King type analogy <laughs> where the forest with the workers are working in cahoots with the animals. Are, they're draining it's water. It's almost like we're back to the Garden of Eden. <laughs> yeah, they're planting, <laughs> planting various areas, you know, some areas. Uh, the Almighty does a, quite a bit of planting for us. You know, he's he, yeah. a place, a lot of grass and stuff. So they look, you know, but every couple of three years, you have to bush hog those areas and let them grow back. A lot of the undesirables hopefully will not, not make it. Yeah. Desirables. So y'all got, had a... You got smart weed, nut sedge, wild millet. <laughs> so yeah. y'all had a D-E D-E-D, right? Yep. So tell us about that. Yesterday. Well, they came up with a contraption uh, Willie did and sent it down here. He said, "This is for y'all. To, those trails that we that we cut to get through the woods, you know, they're like two, three mile trails. So those trails, when you first cut them and you get down through there, if when when you start the next year, the limbs start filling it in and start taking it over. And if you don't thin them out or do something." It'll be just a, you're back to the thicket it was in you yeah. when you started. You're back on your hands and knees. So somebody got sent, Willie sent a <laughs> contraption, and I looked at it, and I said, well, they said, we'll go down these levees, and we'll cut the top of those levees to widen them just a little bit so limbs are not popping you upside the head when you drive down through there. I have yeah. goggles on. It just happened it. many eye times. Eye injuries, many, many eye injuries. So who is, so yeah. who is, that sounds simple enough. The man who, appointed to do the job is the nurse practitioner. So you had a nurse practitioner. Let's get the other people involved here. The sequence of you events. The project went, manager. I'm sitting there, you know, and he walks over and he said, listen, he said, you know, we ran a check on your blood. You know, I got the, I got whatever they call too much blood. <laughs> I, I don't believe it, but the doctor said, yeah, you're too much. 
So I said, well, how much is uh, enough? I mean, how much do too much do I have? Well, you know, you, you, you want to stay about on the, they name some medical term, 45. So the last time I checked it, it was about 52. I said, 45 to 52. Pretty said, close. I said, what bro. would a pint do? And they said, well, a pint, you'd be down to 49, 52, 51, 50, 49. They said, move toward that 48, and you're all right. Okay. So I told the nurse man that, and he said, all right, I'll check it. He checked it. He said, okay, 52. He said, I'll take a pint Monday, and then I'll go over so and So your bo- tractor driver all. is also your blood. <laughs> He's the tractor man that's fixing to get on the tractor after he drains me. I look around, hey, you know. He, he so said, he changes the oil in the tractor, and he changes the blood in That's correct. You. Okay. That's right. Well, that's multitasking. I'm liking the cadre so So he far. drains that's the good. blood, then he takes off down there, and I almost lost the man that drains my blood because he got too close to the edge of the levee. A oh. levee's built on angles like that up that. Well, he got on the top. I said, be careful when you're on that thing. I said, because you'll, it'll slip off. And so you go. gave him a prophecy that he didn't adhere I, to. I warned him, be very careful. Pay close attention when you're going down at the top of them levees because that thing will slide off in there. Well, he got out there, you know, and, and, and it wasn't paying attention to close enough. And the, and the tractor and the, the cutting device, it starts to slide down the levee. And he ended up in mud about, oh, knee deep. So he rode it down or he jumped he off? He rode it down. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he had that bush hog on the back of it, and he kind of put that down when it was going to flip. So the thing almost turned over, but, you know, he's on the tractor. You don't want it to turn over because you, you're here. So did they get it out? It it took, they called in the red, the, the redneck. So now we got the redneck. Hold on, we got the plant manager, the, the nurse practitioner. Now you called in the local redneck. You got the redneck and you got the computer whiz, the, the Italian Uh-oh. that knows all things <laughs> about computers. So, Why would you call a computer with what, what role did he play? He's speaking to various companies worldwide at his house. <laughs> He's at. So that's what he does. He 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 cooks great Italian food. Phil, wait a minute. He was the one that <laughs> he looked story. at his woman in downtown New Jersey, <laughs> and he looked at his woman. He said, "Honey, look." About a year or two ago, he said, you know what? Let's get out of here. We got to go. I know who he is. I'm saying, what is what, How? What could he bring to the table with a tractor stuck in the ditch? Because he takes that Might computer and he looks at whatever piece of equipment you're having trouble with, either to get it going, to unstick it. I mean, he's just a professional. He, 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 so he's a professional great problem mind. solver. Great mind. From the computer angle. Yep. <laughs> Yep, so they all get well, out What's there. funny to me is you called the local redneck, which I know very well, who's the, the most, what is the correct? He's on call. He's the furthest thing from what you're saying the New Jersey tech guy is. Why would you call <laughs> the too extreme? If I mean, you he's, have, got, he's good with chains. It begins to mesh together when you have someone that is very computer savvy looking at either cars tangle up, how we're going to get this right. It's like the show on the Weather Channel where they, these big trucks go off in the ditch and they start yep. hooking up, I mean, heavy stuff. Tons, ton, moving ton, tonnage up them roadbeds. It's the same. We That's what we were into right there. It had gotten down off the roadbed 
and was down in the thicket in the in the mud. And I mean, the, well, I learned uh, something. Who I thought the Weather Channel just talked about the weather. They actually have TV shows. Well, they blame it on weather, but if you're cutting the top of a levee, <laughs> even in Louisiana, and your tractor slides off that top, you've got the Weather Channel boys. You know what they call it? Uh, they they got a name for it. it. It's been on television for a while. What happens from people who get off in I guess the ditch? I'm not watching enough weather. <laughs> but anyway, you get like a redneck, a computer buff, a nurse practitioner. You're there. You got the manager. project manager Stone. He's going around dictating. Yeah, that policy. was the team. That was the team, and they're giving me the information. How far are you? You know, they said, "Here's where we are right now." You know, they're telling me what what they're doing because I'm the one. Eventually. If something is torn up, I'm going to have to pay for it. If they tear something ah. up, if one <laughs> yeah. of them gets oh, killed. You're the money roll. man. You're the money of, man. If one of them gets killed and Clay Casey, if it, if it had rolled on him. This is the next show right here. Well, yeah. We got the money man, the nurse <laughs> right. practitioner, That's the redneck, somebody the gets New hurt. Jersey tech guy, and the manager. Who can it's cook? A cadre, it's a cadre of all brothers. We don't even ask them to come down there. Unless they're converted to Jesus, because we just had that, you would be listening. So to this them. is like the PG version of uh, Yellowstone down Pretty here. Well. Yeah, well, we call it yeah. uh, Washington. I mean, nobody's getting hostile or cursing anybody or yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why I said the no. PG version of it. I mean, y'all don't. You wouldn't have a train station. You would more have a, just a ditch. Take them yep. down to the ditch. Yeah. So we, they got you had, where you had baptized them rather than. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was trying to make that work. Phil, that's quite the story. So that happened yesterday, huh? I never left my house. They would just give me updates. Updates. Oh, that makes it even more. It is 104 here. So way too hot to even hardly do anything out there. It's it's hot, hot. 100 degrees every day. Yeah. So the so the happy ending is that nobody lost their life. No one was hurt, and uh, no equipment torn up. And uh, it it was quite the you know the offer. I didn't go down there and look at it. They were just briefing me. Yeah. So I I'm just up. I'm gonna make a suggestion, and maybe I need to talk to the project manager. But I think the nurse practitioner probably should not be in the dangerous role because he should be available if anybody is injured. See see yeah. that the whole thing would have broken down. Well, he's not he expendable. We don't we don't want him to, to pass home. No. I, I well, say you, know, you need to change. get him off the track. Jimmy Red, he's expendable. Get him on the front line. <laughs> Dan, we got Dan out there. He's expendable. You oh know, yeah. yeah. Well you're so compassionate, Phil. <laughs> I'm so glad what I'm happened, not a part of this. What happened content. to the godly pr- principle that everyone matters, Phil? <laughs> well, oh, hey. Well, matter. All right, well, I had an epiphany on the way down here. Oh, my goodness. That was funny. Yeah, that was. I don't know what. That was, Phil, just a day in the life. And I do think mm-hmm. that would actually work on television. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. It could be yeah. called In the Woods with Phil. But I don't want. Oh, I don't. Wait, I don't, I don't have the time. You, you've the ridden off into the oh, sunset. Yeah, no, yeah, Phil, you don't have the time. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I did have an epiphany. I guess maybe after you know the smoke off my head from having uh, bowls here. You know what's funny <laughs> is that none of us are Bible scholars. So save the ink on the the emails. I don't know. Do we still yeah. get emails uh, comments from the oh, yeah. viewers? I'm looking over here we at these do. two guys. They're both on a phone. So they're maybe that's what they're doing <laughs> they're is checking talking. the email. 
<laughs> so we're not uh, we're not scholars. I guess our audience figured that out a long time ago. They know that. Yeah, but we do study a lot. So uh, so the smoke, you know, was kind of going off my head because Hebrews is can be. It can be, uh, what is the word? What is the word I'm looking for, Al? I wanted well, to say I deep. Mean, it's, you know, uh, it can it, be one of these books where you kind of scratch your head from time to time. Yeah, that's good. It can be a head scratcher. Head scratcher. Because <laughs> I think because well, you we, think about it, you're you're taking you're taking about you know three thousand five hundred years. That is correct. Jewish history, and you're and you're and you're funneling that all into one treatise, trying to make sense of it comparison. all. Right, right. So that's so, a, that's a the Hebrew yeah. writer took on a noble task. So what happened? Uh, our last two podcasts, I thought, man, this is just getting too complex. I felt like it's it's like a spit uh, sputtering engine where you can't figure out exactly the complexity of what the problem is. Oh, it and, is complex. So uh, the simplicity of it all, you know, is that I keep going back to Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Yep. So I had a I had an epiphany on the way down here. I had a t-shirt idea. You know, I always think if you can say something that warrants a bumper sticker. If you can see it on a bumper sticker driving down the road, but you it makes you stop and have this sila moment to make a reference to the book of Psalms where he would like he would come up with something so good that you had to have a moment of meditation. It was called Selah. Which is what the word. S-E-L-A-H. Yeah, Selah. It's a, it's a stop and reflect, reflect moment. So I have one of those today. Okay. Are you ready? ready? Are, are you ready? Hang, hang, we on, need hang on, You can do yours first. Just okay. remember, I, going back to when we started this conversation, Jace always <laughs> remembered this. How old are you? 50 what? I'm really not sure off the top of my head. I some. think I'm... He's fifty-two. I'm fifty-two. You'll be 52 I'm going to give August. you. I'm going to give you uh, some good sound advice. Going into your fifties, just remember, try your best to stay away from film crews. <laughs> All right, and your life will be a lot on. better on planet Earth. Hang on, we got to take a break. But by the way, for the record, Jace will be fifty-three in August. So just so you know, let's take a break. We're talking a lot about uh, proclaiming because uh, we're proclaimers of the gospel and, and all of us teach and, and preach as well. Uh, but one of the things, you know, sometimes you can do as a proclaimer is just what you wear. Uh, it proclaims to people. And uh, our Unashamed merch uh, does just that. And uh, it proclaims that you're part of Unashamed Nation. In fact, I was noticing I went to look at all the merchandise and there are some uh, Unashamed Nation shirts. And so it's a great thing because somebody's like, what is an unashamed nation? It gives you an opportunity to tell them about the podcast. So we'd like for you to be uh, unashamed proclaimers. And the way you can do that, if you want to check out our merch, is go to unashamedmerch.com. Use the code unashamed10, and you're going to get 10% off uh, whatever you buy. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber, you're going to get 20% off your purchases uh, by using the code Blaze Sub. So that's another uh, good reason uh, to be a subscriber and get our overtime stuff as well. So check it out, unashamedmerch.com. Yeah. 
Send me send me a bumper sticker for my birthday. Okay, Phil, I do like that bit of advice. Stay away from film. See, that's a that's a what you just did is an illustration of what I'm saying. You just really you put no you put a philosophy in life on a bumper sticker. Stay away from film crews. That's it. See, if you put that on a bumper sticker, <laughs> I would say, say hmm. huh. If I saw that driving down the road, I'd be like, huh. Yep. That's funny. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> These two guys who are part of the want, film crew right now so look let me, like let somebody me get a little just, deeper. If just you wanna, stole if you, their lunch. If, if you want to be uh, have more peace of mind, Stay away from the film crew. You can put that in small letter. Yeah. But peace of mind. Peace of mind. Now it's getting too long for a bumper sticker, though. Yep. Yeah, okay, so you ready for mine? This is a summation summation of Hebrews. I'm having, we're having a bumper sticker moment. I'm trying to build the drama here. Yeah. So this hit me on the way down here. So you could you could categorize this. Two, two different ways. You could put why Jesus or, you know, why Jesus is better, Jesus dash, or you could just have the phrase. <clears throat> you ready? This is what hit yeah. me. No skeletons. How good is that? Skeletons. I like it. No skeletons. I like it. You say, why is that a bumper sticker? So, because there's two things I want to pursue. This this came off the top of my head. So this wasn't like I read this. You know what? Let me look. No Jesus, no skeletons. I'm on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see if anybody's thought of this before, before I go too far into this. You may be, if you're on that vein, you may be uh, forcing what I've, I was fixing to say. Where well, I had my opinion. hold on now. So I got. So I, I got two things about this though. Because when you think why Jesus is better, Al, this is also be a great sermon. All right, okay. no skeletons. I got two. So there's two characteristics of of Jesus that makes him better than any prophet or religious leader or uh, everybody else le- leaves a trail of bones. <laughs> well, so so one's obvious. You see, you're immediately going to that one. About right. there's no skeleton. Jesus doesn't have a skeleton in his grave. That's right. 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 But that's I was right. going for another one. So that's the maybe the claim of Jesus. Because think about what we're pursuing here. If you look at the claims of Jesus, just real quick, give me a few off the top of your head. A few claims of Jesus. Jesus I, I, I'll, I'll make I'll make you perfect with through my death. Your faith and my death will make you perfect. Sinless, no sins being counted okay. against you. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down to that. Uh, what'd you say? Son, he's the son of God. Well, he's the son he of is God. God. Yeah, I am God. Right. There's a God. I'm looking at. So, so you're justified in, in essence, through him. You wouldn't have to worry about a skeleton in a grave if you're an eternal being, right? So, right. I mean, he made a lot of claims. You know, before Abraham was, I am. That means you don't have a skeleton in the grave. Yep. See, yep. When you make a statement. But he also, which Phil got my other skeleton I thought about, because we, we use a phrase that we say, uh, you know, people have skeletons in the closet. And yep. and usually that means you got some kind of 
baggage to your character, even though they make reference to a skeleton, they're actually talking about a character issue. So, mm-hmm. so that was my point. He, Jesus doesn't have a, a character issue in the closet. He has no skeleton. That's right. In the closet. So it's one, okay, he's made these claims, but also the character of Jesus is what separates him. That, that's what hit me about that. So he's, he doesn't have a skeleton in the grave, and he doesn't have a skeleton in the closet. So it's mm. the character combined with the claim. If you Then I got on the sea. I was thinking of seas because he conquered you know, the cross and he conquered the grave. That is why. So what I was going to elaborate on, I won't right now. I will wait for it. But well, we what, can wait. What for I was it. saying is, his blood uh, is the only, only way because his blood wipes clean your sins, and no one else's or no other animal or whatever. The blood wasn't worth enough. That's why God chose uh, his son to become flesh because his blood is the only blood powerful enough to do to leave you no skeletons in the closet. You, you see what I'm saying? <coughs> what, All other blood, is, you say atonement. Nope, not animals can't do it. You'll say justification through his blood. It's all these things that we're given through the blood of Jesus. No one else's blood is big enough. No other thing on, in the cosmos is big enough, important enough, rare enough, just his. He said, I tell true. you what, you said, well, how do you view sin, God? He says, look at the sacrifice for it, and that ought to tell you, stay away from it. So he, he had to, within himself, he, he said, I'm going to have to show them how critical and how devastating sin is because I'm going to show them what it takes to remove it. So, and man, what a way to remove it. But that's the only way out. That's how seriously God takes sin. Well, that's why when I... Black velvet. Yeah. So, So that's why when he said in Hebrews... He had no sin. Where, where was that? Uh, yeah, it was without sin. So that's 4.15. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have yep. one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet was without sin. There's yep. no skeletons in the closet. I, I read that before, that John 8, when he was talking to the Jews, and they were, you know, he was calling them, your father's the devil, and... I mean, because they were claiming Abraham as their father. And, you know, he was like, yeah, your father's the the evil one. But he had a sentence in there at the end where he said, can any of you prove me guilty of sin? He basically was asking, do I have any skeletons in the closet? The answer is no. That's uh, John 8, 46. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? So... Look, while we while Phil was was talking there, so I looked up no skeletons, which I don't know how the T-shirt uh, should read. Should it just say no skeleton? Jesus. No I think skeletons. it should say 
and it starts the conversation. Yeah. Right. You know, I just made up those two things off my head about no skeletons in the closet and no skeleton in and the And the grave. cost of removing those skeletons, the cost of, of sin is extremely high. The cost that you have to pay, mm-hmm. it's extremely right. high. Well, the blood of God himself... Here's the created. Well, was, yeah. Here's the the created beings running around and a lot of blood in them. Animals, dogs, this and that, another calves, bulls, goats. There's blood in them. There's life in them. The life's in the blood. When it comes to sin, you say no. None of that was worth enough. Only when God said, "I'm the creator of the cosmos, and I'm going to die for their sins." Yeah, that's a big. That's a. You make an interesting point now that I've brought this up at an epiphany here. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit. I mean, so, the Creator so Himself the, says, when, "I'm going to have to shed blood for them because that's the only thing that removed their sin." I'm just saying, the cost of sin was phenomenally huge. Well, he, it was Himself. Yeah, I mean, but you make a good point. Hang on, Jace. <clears throat> Let's take a break. You make a good point because it says there in ten one, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the reality themselves. Uh, for this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. That is correct. If it could, they would not have stopped being offered, for the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. Correct. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins because it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. Was Look, thus the, re- the one, reference to the skeleton. You can bleed. Now, I'm going to fix it so you can bleed. So I guess where I'm, what I just thought is, so when they made these sacrifices, what did they do with the bodies of the, uh, they the, the burned them bulls? They, yeah, they burned them outside. Well, they the burn, they burn, and so I guess what was left was skeletons, yeah. carcasses, right. yep. bones, yeah, yep, carcasses. There was a whole valley full of them. Really? Well, yeah. that's right, because when it gets to Hebrews thirteen, it says the bodies right. were uh, burned outside the camp. <clears throat> Oh, that's going to be right. really good when we get there because it says, but oh, yeah. Jesus suffered outside the camp to make the people holy. That right. It's one of my favorite verses, let us then go to him. I think that's Hebrews 13, 11 through, through uh, 13. Let's get a preview of that. The high priest, this is Hebrews 13, 11, carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies... Are, bon- are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, outside the skeleton camp, right? Right. Burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city. All right. Let us then go to him outside the camp, burying the disgrace he bore for here. We do not have an enduring city, but we're looking for the city that is to come. 
so this is this is fascinating. Uh, now I'm thinking of that e- Ezekiel, the Valley of Dry Bones. Yeah, I was just going there. <laughs> well, before you I go there, so there. look, I, I I think what we've decided is because this T-shirt company that I have no uh, I make no money from, but I hope they sell a million of them. They come up with three sixteen t- sayings, yeah, sayings that we say, <laughs> and they put them on a shirt. They're actually coming from the Bible, so I think this is. I think we're on to a new idea. No skeletons. No skeletons. Because I think it's too long to put in the closet or in the grave. But you that read, may be the conversation. You read all these texts by making in closet <clears throat> by making peace through His blood shed on the cross, and you just start reading those kind of texts, and they go on. I've got a list of them here, as long as you're on. Before you read them, and we may save that for podcast too, because now my brain is like, what it? This is, you know, what this <laughs> reminds me of is like when this a group is the of developing. Song- yeah, when a group of so- songwriters get together and they come up That's with right. a song, but we're like, this is this is a session for a sermon. I, I really believe that. Yeah, because look, here's what's interesting. I wanted to see. I googled. Can I say Google? I uh, yeah. I, I went to the internet to see if if this idea had somebody had come up with this, and I was fascinated at what I haven't found. But two things that I did find, I put no skeletons just to see what would come up. Well, the first thing was it's like skeletons and it said no skeletons in China because they're superstitious. And there was a big article about that. They, they deem that superstitious in China, which I have no reason for bringing that up other than just to show you the lack of ideas about this. But (laughs) article came up that the second thing was five creatures that have no bones. So I thought this was interesting. And I, and I brought one of these up before years ago in this own, one of these podcasts. So the first thing was a slug and there's a picture of this slug that looks like something you would see in an aquarium, like a little creature. Uh, cause I, I'm pretty sure that a spoonbill catfish doesn't have a skeleton, but it didn't make the list. But yeah. I don't think it has bones. No. It, it well, has a uh, cartilage. cartilage. Yeah, cartilage. And you would think they'd be good to eat a boneless fish, but you tell me. I tried it once. Yeah. My buddy from, from Missouri, <laughs> look, actually smoked one, cut me a piece off of it, and, and sent it in the mail to me. Whoo. And when I opened the bag, it made me gag. <laughs> Did that rhyme? Yeah. It's always a bad sign when you open the bag and it makes you gag. Speaking of bumper stickers. So stay, I, stay I, away from the spoon I tried bills. it and immediately uh, turned my head and hacked it up what was left. It was terrible. All right. A glass octopus. This is the list here. So that's number two. Three is a mantis shrimp. Four is a, I guess it's called a pink sea. It's some type of, doesn't look like a fish. It looks like a seashell floating in the ocean. But look, you know what number five was? The immortal jellyfish. I didn't, I didn't say it says immortal jellyfish. That's mm. what they named mm. it. Mm. And why did they name it that? 
I guess they think they live forever. Well, they live for hundreds of years, what it says, but they do die. That's what I figured. Yeah. So why would they call Not it the alone. immortal <laughs> jellyfish? Because they have love a, to use those terms. Because it didn't have a skeleton, and it lives a long time. Yep. Mm. No sign of it when it dies either, see. But see, even science tries to wrap their head around naming something that doesn't have a skeleton that lives a long time. So I'm like, well, why not Jesus? He conquered the grave. There's no corpse with Jesus. That's true. And look, well, he's, looking the, first, don't, don't he's under, the firstborn from among the dead. Firstborn from among the dead. Which, what does that mean? You got, you got people dead, die and they stay dead. Yeah. Till he came along. There's no skeleton in the grave. Uh, this is working for me. But don't <laughs> underestimate the character. The character, because people ask me all the time, like from a, from a non-believing standpoint, they're like, well, how do I convince me that Jesus is the Son of God? You know, prove it to me. I mean, I've been done Q&As, and you can tell where that question is coming from. And so some of these things we're talking about here, you know, I talk about that. Well, because his body's not not in a grave. And they're like, yeah, but prove that to me, convince. And so what I always get to, what I would say the number one reason or the number one way I would recommend for people who don't have a relationship with God to get to know Jesus would be to study the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and get to know the character of Jesus. Because to me, that is the number one way, I think, to, to learn and to embrace. Because the character, I mean, we, we, we're going to the resurrection, but I had two points. There's no, no skeletons in his closet, which means his character it's fascinating. Yep. The subtleties of Jesus's character. Because you think about what do most religious leaders or most leaders do? They tend to attack their enemies. Jesus didn't do that. He forgave them. Yep. Or they tend to have groups of people that they're they surround themselves. Hating he, your enemies is fine with them. But Jesus was open to everybody. He he's the most non racist uh non-threatening uh, yeah yeah e every person like the samaritans you know in, in in this day and age are considered to be just people that you didn't associate with but oh he not only did he associate with them he befriended them and the tax collectors were the most hated uh as far as vocation back then group of people and i'm sure they were you just didn't want to invite him over for, for supper. And what did he do? And then when you think about the the people who, from a moral standpoint, I mean, we're talking about prostitutes and, you know, women called in adultery and, and people who had been married seven times and, you know, all the, the character issues there. Well, what did he do? He befriended them and took up for them. It's a good point, no. bringing in character. Hang on, just let's take another break. So You're that's right, what... because <clears throat> and it relates to our character based on his character. 
Well, that's what I was saying. That from Hebrews, when you read that verse that says he was without sin, well, that's a character issue. I mean, he, he right. also brings up this issue about his body, his physical body being the sacrifice, which is where we're at chapter two, as opposed to these skeletons of animals, which we're not going to be able to take away your your sin as far as cleansing your conscience. But he seems to be, he's deeper than just the the actual physical sacrifice. It's like his character and his power combined. Yeah. Well, here's, here's uh, how nothing saves the world. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Remember I said how nothing saves the world. You should be like Jesus, Philippians 2, 5, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. He's going to have to be big enough to remove the sins of the world. He made himself nothing. You say, how does nothing save me? He took the very nature of a servant. He looked like a man because he was a man. He was God who became flesh being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's why I said the cost. He's explaining the cost of your salvation and your peace of mind and you're having your... No, I think you're right, Phil. I think what we should have done uh, in chapter 9, talking about cost, in, you know, when he, it made me realize this, you know, when, in verse 15 of chapter 9, when it says, for this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised and eternal inheritance. Now that he has died as a ransom... Yep. To set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. Well, I looked up that word, rent, because back then it didn't mean, you know, he sent, I mean, it did, but it didn't essentially, the first place we go to is like a kidnapping of, of sort. But back then it was always like these two nations would go at war against each other. Well, if you lost and survived, you went into basically a prison camp. You were a slave. That yep. that was part of losing. You you either died as a soldier, or you were conquered, which which means you went to some kind of slave camp where you worked for the winning army. Still happens to this day. So, so my point is though, ransom in that case, the only way you could be freed is if somebody from your nation paid an extreme amount of money to, you know, set you or somebody, yeah, it doesn't matter where they're from, but if they paid for your, your freedom, well, you know, it was so high that very few people would have that. So what I'm saying is when you read that, it makes a little more sense when you think about us being prisoners of sin 
and under the control of the evil one, whatever verses you want to go through, where here comes Jesus as an innocent sacrifice paying to free you from your captivity, which is in sin. I mean, that, that is the cost. That is what he's, what he's getting at in your, the picture he's painting in your head. Do you agree? Yeah, and yeah. it's a one-shot deal. Winner take all, as I've said many times. Yeah. You say, no one else's blood was big enough. Nope. You would have to be God. And his view of sin, there's a mighty price to be paid. But yeah. he willingly and knowingly knew what he was going to do. He told him he was going to do it. He did do it. And he looks at him. He said, I have all the authority in heaven and on earth. I pull this off. You want it or not? So you reject him. There is no other way to have a relationship no. with God except yeah, I, through Jesus. That's what I'm saying. You're Here you are working in a prison camp of sin by your own choosing, by the way. Yep. And Jesus, and the, the graveyard is, is at the prison. You will die there, you know, physically. And yep. you're in slave. So Jesus comes, enters the world is a ransom for you to be freed from your sin a hundred percent because of the cross. Cause you could look, you could work hard. You're not getting out of that. You're not getting out of that camp. <laughs> There's nobody coming to pay your, you're stuck. And that's what Jesus did on a cross. And then the, the graveyard no longer, once you leave there, there's no graveyard where he's where you're headed. That that's why he got to that. What did he call it? An eternal inheritance. Mm. That means where the Lord moved you. Once he moved you from that camp into the kingdom, there's no graveyard in his kingdom. But Jay, you know something interesting? I just thought of. Uh, let's take our last break. is that the picture you described about the ransom was the same one that the Hebrew writer used in Abraham dealing with Melchizedek. Because you remember the backdrop of that story, Lot was taken captive in the Mm -hmm. war that was going on. And so Abraham goes in to rescue Lot and offers the tithes to Melchizedek Mm -hmm. that that would provide him coming out of captivity. So uh, that whole scenario of we've been talking about Melchizedek totally links into what you just said. It was a shadow or one of those, you know, copies we talked about with the ransom. what was going to happen with Jesus. Yeah, paying the ransom. I didn't make that Which connection. I hadn't thought about that till you just said that. Yeah, what a connection that is. I wonder where the nuts and bolts of that story is. What where's that at? In Genesis, Genesis uh, fourteen. Yeah. Okay. You can read Genesis actually thirteen and fourteen to get the whole context of the war and how he was taken captive. Pretty well, interesting. Oh, it really is. What was uh what was your point about gonna be about the the Valley of Dry Bones? And where's that? Well, at? That's I, I, wanna read, I wanna that's Ezekiel uh thirty seven is is where it is. But I, I was just reading it um while you y'all were talking and it's kind of, it is kind of interesting what happens here. This is a this is Ezekiel and so he gets what this kind of uh, Ezekiel 37. Yeah. Now I've heard this sermon preached a lot of times because it's very inspiring, like, uh, you know, what God can do. So I've heard a lot of like fiery preachers. And this is the this, but, 
origin of the song Rattle uh, by Elevation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if some so of you who listen to worship the, music, <laughs> probably the most the out there worship song ever uh, invented, but I love it. Yeah. Go ahead. It says in verse one, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. So he's having this vision <laughs> of, of, you know, what God wants him to see. And the valley was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Skeletons, he asked as it me, were. Yes. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, O oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh upon you and cover you with skin. I will breathe in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And now as I was prophesying, there was a noise. And this is when you can really get into preaching. A rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them. and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. And then Ooh. he you know, goes on to describe more. But I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a rousing uh, picture of what God can do with the skeleton. Don't you think, Jace? I mean, that's a pretty good little illustration of kind of what you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was looking up uh, skull and crossbones. But, because you know how they put, so like on a, a warning sign or whatever, or, or a hat, they put the skull and crossbones like this. this can kill you. I mean, what's interesting about this is that we actually will get a new body. So when I say no skeletons, it's no no decay, no decaying skeleton. But you know, when Jesus was resurrected and Thomas had trouble wrapping his head or head around that, even even with all his friends said, No, he he's he's back. So and then even when he's looking at him, he's like I'm going to need to put my hand on his scars. I'm, I'm, I'm going to need to see that. And so Jesus said, look at my hands and my feet. A, a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. So there's a way. He didn't say flesh and blood. He said flesh uh, and bone. Yeah, flesh and bone. Which I thought was interesting. Well, right. So evidently this new imperishable body can be a body that you can look at, but it's not a skeleton that is, you know, as you see a, a dying, what we all turn into after death, unless you were cremated, I guess. Yeah. And I think my theory has always been, and, and I could be wrong, but that we won't need blood in the next realm, in eternal life. I think blood was, is linked to here. Well, uh, see, Phil, point. your your problem is going to be corrected about having too much blood. That's one <laughs> That's bonus right. from uh, living forever. Just take it all. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is what I think Paul meant when he said that in 1 Corinthians 15, that a lot of people have misinterpreted, in my opinion, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. What he means is in the current way we are without the glorification that Jesus will bring to our resurrected bodies, we won't experience that. So I think Jesus is that. I don't think he just said that flippantly about flesh and bone. You see, I have. I think blood is linked to this realm because let's face it, Dad, you talked about it. I mean, literally your life depends on the blood. That's correct. It's coursing through your body physically. I think that's why he's getting rid of it. There's no more. It's not needed anymore. That's what I think. I think the same thing. It just I think uh, in a glorified was the price realm. paid. The price. Right. The, and, the, and it was high. And Jesus had shed his blood yep. for us. Well, it was, point, highest, to, it, it was the highest. It was. Yeah. It was. You, you realize what separates Jesus from all other religions. You know, when you go to any other religious organization, they give you what? Instruction. Information. But what God did in Jesus, he gave you a story. It, it, it was like you have the information, you have a Bible, but within it, it tells a story of a person actually doing something. It's like, I guess my point would be like, if I, so if we're walking, you know, down here where the bridge is, and I, so we're walking down the down the bridge, the the bridge that we made famous because you know on our, our little duck show we caught some crappie off of it. So now everybody that drives by, you know, they 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 fish, but it's it's a pretty good distance. I mean, I'm not sure if you if you jumped off of it, it would kill you, but it wouldn't kill you. Okay, but it, but close. It, it it could. But so my point is, because it's the highest bridge I know around here, so I was going to make an example. So if I, if I, me and you were walking down the bridge, and I said, "Phil, I love you," and I'm gonna, I'm gonna prove it to you, and I jumped off the bridge. Well, you'd be like, "Well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen somebody do." He <laughs> he went crazy. He he lost his mind. So if I was trying to prove to you you know, my love by jumping off a bridge, that, that's, I'm, I'm stupid. But if you were drowning, if I saw, if I came by and I saw you drown, and I, I jumped off the bridge and tried to save you, well, all of a sudden it's a totally different, it's, it's a totally different story is what I'm saying. It's not like yeah. I'm trying to just give you some information and, and you know, and some proof out of context, and I think that's what separates what Jesus did, because when you read the Gospels and see his character and the decisions he made, the choices he made, despite our flaws, then all of a sudden, it becomes really powerful. Yeah, that's good. I like it. We're out of time. Um, let's uh, We'll carry over and talk a little bit more about this in our uh, bonus overtime uh, section you can get that by blazetv.com slash unashamed if you want to follow us over and uh, become a subscriber and check it out thanks for listening to the unashamed podcast help us out by rating us on itunes and don't miss an episode by subscribing on youtube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes and for even more content that you won't get anywhere else subscribe to blaze tv at blazetv.com slash unashamed